Hey, folks. So as you know, every week uh, we have ads on this show from companies like Squarespace and NatureBox, uh, companies that we appreciate uh, and whose products we actually use and totally approve of. Um, that all works through our ad rep company, which is called Midroll. Um, they uh, represent plenty of podcasts, including ours. And if you have any interest in having your company sponsored on shows like this one, you should go to midroll.com slash thumbs. That's M-I-D-R-O-L-L dot com slash thumbs and get in contact with them about sponsoring Idle Thumbs or any number of other great podcasts that they also represent. So if you're interested, check that out. It's January 28th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 195. I'm Chris Remo. Are you serious, guys? Is this going to be every week now? Who is also here? All right, I'll be next. Nick, Nick, you next. I was expecting you to talk. That's why. Let's I just was... go in microphone numerical order. Okay. Which is one, two, three. Four, well, right? Chris, then we go. So it's it's obviously two, three, four, one. We'll just go. Okay. AKA counterclockwise. All right, I got this. It's. It's January 27th, 2015. It's January 28th, 2015. (laughs) This is Idle Thumbs 195. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Danielle Riendo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brecken. Oh, he is. Hey. Nick is here. I'm so excited. I made it. Yeah. Classic Forver. Yeah. Yeah. Forver time. Blah. Blah. Man, we didn't even ask ahead of time who was going to say about a game at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was that was bad of us. <laughs> Nick, what have you played recently? Uh, I've actually, let's see, I played um, Mini Metro, uh, which is the only game that I, actually, you know what, I've been playing it a lot. So really? it, it is. It, I can't. Is there I can't enough say that. To, of that game to play a lot of at this point? Um, well, so it's interesting. It's, so describe what this is. So Mini Metro. Um, Are you playing it on Steam? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, is yeah. it an early? It's an early access. It's game, early access. Right? Is, is it a game? Yeah, it's it's like a, it's some kind of well, collage of video images so, that are flashed into your eyeballs. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure <laughs> with I, an input device that. Well, the, is ready for the, the only reason I ask is because I'm pretty sure I've played this, but at oh, the point, I think so. But at the point at which I played it, there was so little of it that it's hard for me to imagine playing like yeah all that much of it right but i no, guess that's no longer it's the, okay so this is the like times, so. top down is it like, design is it, a subway system game yeah. right? is it like okay. tiny tower is it like sim city i'm just trying to think of other <laughs> it's alliterative kind of, builders uh, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not dissimilar to the it's concept kind of, of like making a subway or a rail yeah. station in sim city yeah okay. it, 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 basically like it populates a blank canvas like a white map well actually sorry it's not blank it is it looks like a transit map it looks like a transit map. So you start in uh, one of like ten different cities, like Paris or New York or whatever, and it's a map of that uh, metro area. And then you start with like three subway stations, and um, it just limits you in terms of like 
Um, I mean, the game is just connecting the build station more stations with, and, with or you a, build more lines route. between stations. Yeah, and all the lines look like you know a metro map. You know that hard, thick, uh, colored line. Yeah, like the London Underground classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like the style. forty-five degree, ninety degrees yeah. turn mm-hmm. map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so that's that's essentially the game. More stations pop up, and it gets increasingly difficult to route these things, and you're limited by like the number of stations you can build at any given time. Like as like basically you. There are a couple of different modes now. Um, one mode, it's limiting you based on like your efficiency. So the more efficient your system be- uh, becomes, it then unlocks like a bonus. And you always get a choice. It's always a choice between two different things. So one of the choices um, <clears throat> could be like uh, choose to open a new line or choose to like get a uh, an extra car for your uh, for an engine. So like the, you know all the engines pick up six passengers by default. Um, the stations are all coded based on um, just shapes like triangle, square, circle. They all spawn that that shape, or actually, sorry, they spawn every shape except for that station's shape. So if it's a circle shape, it's going to spawn like triangles, squares. So when the car comes up, it picks up all of those, takes them to, and then you know, in in um, yeah, to sort of represent in a sequence, it it yeah, it represents like, like commuters that need to go to different yeah. areas. Right, it's just their destinations. <clears throat> right, yeah, right, right. That's where they're going. Every oh, now okay. and then, there's a rare station shape that spawns to represent the guy that like lives in the middle of nowhere that has to take seven connections. So, <laughs> you know, it, it intelligently will t- pick up like yeah, the weird like octagon thing, uh, drop it off. Like, cause you know, it gets harder and harder to route these uh, lines because you. You know, um, one of the limits is just bridges so or tunnels. Um, and so, you know, you only can build like four tunnels at any given time and then you'll unlock more. But if you can only build four, then it gets hard to just make a direct connection. So the lines will just drop off passengers at sort of you can build like essentially like a grand central station in this game. Mm. Um, but you know, dynamically, so you're just routing these lines. It's called Grand Central Terminal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, Mini Grand Central sorry. Terminal. Um, so one of the, my but, memory yeah. of of this game is that. At the state that it was when I played it, I felt like a huge chunk of my brain had to be devoted to just figuring out what the rules of this game were because I remember it's them still, being fairly yeah. obtuse. Yes, in a it's lot still of ways. it's yeah. still fairly obtuse. Yeah. Um, in fact, the three modes there's, there aren't any descriptions for those modes in the game itself. <laughs> right. You don't actually know what they mean. I didn't even think there were um, modes when I played it. Yeah, there are now modes. Uh, one mode, so like nice. the, the sort of default mode. Modes. modes. Uh, <laughs> The default mode is um, just basically you can you can take a connection and change that line's connection at any given time. So you can just you're basically routing everything for efficiency, and the limiting factor um, is just you know how much what your resources are, like how many cars or how many. Um, the the rush hour mode is more akin to like what an actual metro system would spring up. Um, like so, you you once you make a connection, it's set in stone. You can't change it, um, and that one's probably the best mode i would say just because it actually feels challenging like you're trying to like leave loops open to to account for like oh god like there's a station that's going to pop up on the left side of the screen i better leave this end of the line thing open in the same way that like i don't know uh you leave bart stations just hanging off at the end of the earth (laughs) where maybe you'll complete it someday it'll be worth the shit so like anyway that's th- that mode is good, but yeah, it all it's still fairly obtuse. And the thing it really lacks is they don't have sound in. I guess they're going to have a dynamic sound. Um, there's like mm, yeah. a guy, yes, there's like a that. composer that's working on on that. And so when a station pops up, right a game now, like you, that is made for a dynamic soundtrack oh, yeah. because it, the elements yeah. are so simple and visible that right. like. Well, in a lot of the, the game, of it is, they be... should license the Bart voice algorithm, which is, <laughs> oh my God. Which is basically the same as the right. uh, like the Black Mesa PA system. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. No, stopping. Like that weird, like <laughs> <laughs> choking. Watch yeah. snap. Yeah, exactly. 
So when you first said Mini Metro, I had never heard of this. And I definitely, the first place my brain went to was like Super Deformed Metro 2033 or something. You get to count your bullets and it's like, Mini Metro. The Hitman Go treatment. Exactly. That's definitely where I was. Tiny Russian people running around and shooting. You've got your little like bullet icon that represents your currency in the top left of the screen. Exactly. And it's kind of Like you can buy more bullets for 99 It's a Metro game, but when the guy walks, goes like, keeps happening. Like, <laughs> yep. there's that 30 yeah. minute sequence where you're walking through like a 2D town. You have to buy more air <laughs> for your, your yeah, little gas it's mask. It's so cute yeah. when he wipes off the mask. Yeah. God, that game has so, that game does have so many like resources in it because there's it oxygen, does. then there's bullets and well, there's shitty bullets and good bullets. Right. And oxygen and like, I don't know. Are there's there something other? else for bartering. Like, Wasn't real there life. some I feel weird like there is trade something system else. or something? Yeah. I, it was yeah. a long time ago that I God, actually yeah. played it. But, but with. N- <laughs> So Mini Metro is available on Steam. Mini Metro 2033 <laughs> is available in the App Store. And adi- in right. addition to all yes. the previous systems, it now has an energy system. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to keep it going. Yeah. So uh, for as far as Mini Metro goes, the real one. So I feel like builder games... Uh, okay, this is, I'm making a really like rough cater- categorization here. And I don't, I, I'm sure people who are like, big enthusiasts of, the, of builder games... People who know how you're going to be wrong. Yeah, exactly. There will be people who tell me why I'm wrong, but that's fine. I, I feel like if I were to be really broad about it, I, builder games, at least the ones that I play, often Are bad. fall into one, oh. of, <laughs> one of two categories. There's like the SimCity general category, which is you kind of build stuff and the game just keeps going and the simulation right. builds on it. And the more you build, the more it goes. And you can fuck things up. But for the most part, the system just like chugs along and deals with what you throw at it. Then there are ones that, at least for me, and I'm sure other people have different like keystones for this but for me the anno games are the main one of it where you're constructing this incredibly intricate closed system Mm. that every time you add something to you're basically playing like a reverse jenga where you're like stacking Mm. one more thing and it's all micro right like to a certain degree where there's no there's no way to sort of step back and only make multiple choices well yeah you can't step back and only make broad choices you can definitely step back and look at your like crazy music box all working right intricately and everything connects to everything else nothing's on an island like everything in an anno game because of the way the economic system works has to all feed into everything else but yeah you can't just like paint with a broad brush you're painting in a very intricate way and i to my memory of mini metro that's the one it's like it's the one where i'm like frantically trying to keep from the system collapsing because passengers will get stopped up or like Mm -hmm. i I remember every every mini Metro game ends in failure for me all, eventually. Yeah. In a way that in SimCity it doesn't. Like in SimCity mm-hmm. I'll just play until I'm done playing. Yeah, um, more or less. And yeah. yeah. I mean I think SimCity has some elements of that other category though because you have this like balancing of residential versus commercial versus industrial. Yeah, totally. And you have and they, they do represent But it if actually you, depends but if you, on you the fuck it up your city will about, just be shitty. It won't like Right. It's you it'll just be a of, bad city. Yeah. You yeah. you can you can you Sim can City's, end up in a hole though. Yeah, but yeah, Sim that's Sim Sim City's curve hard. to a hole is pretty yeah. gradual. It's just that it's gradual. Yeah. Whereas this is much more. I would call immediate. Sim City a gradual hole curve. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's the gradual hole versus the, the steep yeah. Sim hole. City yes. is like yeah, uh, it's a, a GHC versus an SHC uh, builder. Yeah. Shallow yes. hole curve. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, steep. It's gradual and steep. Steep. Right. Oh, uh, steep, yeah. a steep hole curve and a gradual. Right. This hole is what Doctor Wright tells you in SNES Sim City. He loves Yoshi riding, I remember. Right, yeah, and gradual whole curves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Construct your whole curve such yeah. that it is gradual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's. 
I don't you know. I, I would recommend it honestly if it feels like something that would be interesting to you, though. I mean, I mean it's, it's cheap. It's like right? seven bucks, yeah. and I've gotten a lot of hours out of it. Uh, That's cool. I'll try it again. I'll see how it. How it it honestly feels like something that would actually be really nice on the phone. I'm uh-huh. assuming oh, yeah. they'll do that. Yeah, it definitely um, feels like. A but game it feels that, like that, that kind could... of like, oh, I failed. Okay, I'm gonna go like live my life now. Kind right. Of for sure. That's exactly like, yes. It is exactly yeah. that. It's also <laughs> very graphically like bold and simple. Like the. Because it looks like a transit map, it's really easy to understand and not very noisy. Um, also, but we have a lot appealing. of common uh, gestural-based inter- uh, interactions that everyone has internalized for how to navigate a map on a phone. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. A good point. So you could, yeah. in fact, very fair. do things very quickly yes. on that. No, it's using, totally true. Mm-hmm. Like using the same fingers you use for the real map. Pinch to <laughs> zoom and all that stuff. Exactly very fingers. Tap to plop. <laughs> what? Yep. Not, That's what they tell kids these days. Just tap to plop, little Timmy. Yeah. That's all you got to do. That's also what that's what Dr. Wright says on the new yeah. Sim City. <laughs> tap to plop. Dr. Wright has not made a, made a return since. God, I was on the plane the other day, <laughs> and I saw – this isn't really like a real observation, but just the – it was such a my, – my memory of flying on planes as a kid and being seated next to like <clears throat> older-looking businessmen was always – because I, I, I flew a lot when I was a kid just for various reasons. We moved a lot. And like – um, and, uh, and I always remember like, so I, I have general fondness for, for plane travel. I like it a lot. And I remember being a kid seeing like older people on a plane and they would be like reading the newspaper or like reading a book that looked intimidating or, you know, like taking notes in a yellow legal pad or something. And like, it's time you know, for adult people, activities. Yeah. People of. in, uh, in like, you know, nice suits. And then, uh, and I was on the plane the other day, and I, I had a uh, middle seat, which is not generally my preference. And I was sandwiched between or two, anyone's, yeah. or anyone's. I know. And I was sandwiched between two, like you know, the kind of sort of business guy who's just big, not like overweight, but just like every proportion broad shoulder is big with like a fourteen man. size yeah. shiny black shoes, like that kind of person. Just a large like, guy. Yeah, just like yeah. a large guy, but like wearing a business suit is just different than a large guy wearing. Like a T-shirt or a hoodie like an or old something. T-shirt, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. different. And these <clears throat> these were like two large business guys. Man, did you think you were going to get assassinated? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to drag you into a different when was, plane. <laughs> when I, was, I was supposed to have the aisle seat. My boarding pass says, "I was, <laughs> just sit right there. <laughs> just sit down, Mister Ramo." Yeah. Um, and so I was between these two guys, and like whatever, just like at this point, it's just. I'm also an adult, so they're just dudes. But you know, they're probably good, like ten, twenty years older, older than I was. And and I had those like memories of being a kid and my association with like business guys on planes. And then I glanced over at what I, I uh, of what each of them were doing, and the guy on my left was playing first Sim City, like You Build It edition or something, which he then closed Excellent. and opened up. Game of War Fire Age. Oh, like, oh, <laughs> that wow. piece of shit with all the Kate Upton <clears throat> yeah, yeah. promoted tweets that will never yeah. stop coming on your Twitter feed. And then I looked over the guy at my right oh. and he was just like jamming out to the new Taylor Swift album on his Oh iPod. my god! <laughs> I'm just like, well, I guess this is just. Oh, how I didn't know you were now. flying somewhere with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> It was such uh, a weird the big no, guy in the suit next well, to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, god. It was such a tiny moment of just yeah. like. Just like turning a little screwdriver in my brain to like update my conception of the world that I've been <laughs> right, held. That's like, what it is now. Two decades. This is what yeah. grown ups oh, really do on a plane. Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> that's right. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess this is just what those 
guys do now is this. Yeah. It was just weird. It doesn't matter. It's not a value judgment. It was just weird. It was like a surprising moment <laughs> for me. Also, that was the first time I've ever seen anyone actually play Game of War Fire Age, yeah. which just sounds like someone In reached into life. the grab bag yeah. of video game. Na- like, it sounds like someone just, like, looked at the array used to construct satirical oh, video game Well, it's just like the fridge magnets and- that you get at GDC yeah, or something. Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Game of War Fire, Fire Age. War. Yeah. <laughs> War of Fire game. My age. girlfriend was telling me that her dad was asking her, like, what, what's, what's this game of war? Because she works in games too. And she's like, what, honey, what's this game of war? Is this like something cool? Is this like what people like, is this, is this, is that the game? Because like, you if do? you've seen the ad, the ad is just oh, yeah, it's like, like it's like live, it's live, like live action, action plus like, like CG. Yeah. Plus, it's just, it's like, like history they channel show the game level for, dramatic reenactment footage. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the game is just like a what? A top down, like, it's just, just another a fucking one builder, of those right? Ebony, Ebony yeah, things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, what's crazy about it is that, you know, Ebony for years was the poster child for like tacky ad, yeah. but it was just like a boob lady on a on a right. banner ad on a website. Right. But now they someone's just spending like presumably hundreds of thousands of dollars making and selling the uh, these and buying these ads that are just that, but filmed with a budget and yeah. like yeah. I guess a famous model and God, stuff. If those it's, ads end with play discreetly, <laughs> <laughs> they're all basically that. They be more effective. Most of their promoted tweets come from her Twitter account, where she just posts suggested shit like that. It's play ridiculous. Discreet. This is God. our planet. Yeah, it's you should have <laughs> looked, space. You should have looked over to the guy next to you on the plane and said, "Play discreetly." <laughs> <laughs> With a little wink, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, oh, I more discreetly. <laughs> it's just <laughs> please, <laughs> please, <laughs> increase the more, discretion yeah. used when playing <laughs> that game. Everything about it is just the trashiest thing because the logo also oh, yeah. just looks like the Warcraft logo. I mean, yeah. just everything about oh, yeah. it is just the most shameless, mm-hmm. lowest, go- like low reaching, yeah. just <laughs> cheap thing. And it's just fantastically successful. Maybe that guy only plays it on planes. The way that there are people who only like read <laughs> Michael Crichton or Dan Brown on a plane. Maybe he's like, it's my airplane game. That's like me yeah. drinking ginger ale. Only ever happens on airplanes. Only on a plane. Yeah. Or tomato juice. I never drink tomato juice. Maybe, yeah. Sometimes on a plane, I'll get the tomato juice. Game of War, play it on a plane. That's the other ad <laughs> campaign. Yeah. Well, now Play discreetly. Have, Virgin should just put it in their yeah, little they, TV. They have just oh, yeah. ads. Or whatever. The ads on planes <clears throat> are getting crazy. It's weird now. I saw Nick. You were telling me about <laughs> where are we, Chris? <laughs> Nick, you were telling me about that. What is it? That like Thai place, like Lures Rose, or I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Le Rose. Or something. Yeah. It an ad for that just showed up on the plane. Oh, for me. weird. Yeah, there's like a Thai like a Thai restaurant in San Francisco just bought an ad on huh. Virgin America. It was weird. That's bizarre. They're not even a chain. Yeah, there's like two of them in San Francisco. Yeah, and that's it. No, it's not a big thing. Yeah. Anyway, well, huh. like, you're probably going to San Francisco. I mean, I was. Well, they they do know where you're going. So yeah, that's directed one thing ads they definitely are, know. It's like one yeah. of the few places in the world where they really know. Yeah, where you're there's going. no room for confusion about that unless you're just connecting. That's true. So mm. even if They're you're just connected, on that. <laughs> <laughs> why not stop in, my um, lord? <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah. Dine discreetly. <laughs> <laughs> right. The restaurant has cubicles where you can just sit there with your fucking phone <laughs> lord game playing, and <laughs> eating Strangest your cross marketing. <laughs> They'll serve you some food, and then also there's a nexus in there that's got. Man, this is how this is a who's it? Nolan Bushnell 
the guy, the yes. like Atari guy who. Yes. Oh, I found it. Like, U-Wink. The, dude, yeah, yeah, the U, the oh restaurant God, with yeah. like videos and tables. Was yeah, it was called yeah, U-Wink. U-Wink. This yeah. is how you save bankrupt U-Wink. Oh, is well, you license game okay, okay, or so fire I'm sorry, age. but if there is ever a video game restaurant combo whose slogan should be "Dine discreetly," it's the place called U-Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> Dying discreetly, winking emoji, yeah. like poop. <laughs> did anyone here actually play Grim Fandango Remastered? Oh, I did. Uh, I played it. I Sarah it and I played it for like two or three hours oh, on nice. Sunday. It was it great. It is so well done. It's so oh, good. It's, it's so crazy. Good. Like, I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week because they sort of the whole feature set of it was announced. But like, I don't think that there's been a thing in games as close to like taking an old like film edition. and doing a, a doing a restoration of it as this. I mean, like... Mm. It's so good. Like, really, just literally oh, straight exciting. up releasing a version of the game that builds clean is probably the closest version because it's digital, you can do that. But with Grimm, it's like, just, there's enough little details that it matches up with sort of your memory of how it looked in 1998. Mm-hmm. Totally. Without, like, doing that actual original game a disservice by changing any of the creative choices or anything. It's just, like, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. It's worth it for the soundtrack alone. Holy oh, shit. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Oh, is that, is, did they, so, they knocked it out of the park on it's, the soundtrack? It's, it's all oh, they it's totally live did. orchestral, yeah. but, but it was arranged and supervised by Peter McConnell, who composed the original score. So just, right. like, even from the, from the opening cutscene, when the... The LucasArts logo comes up, and there's sort of just like the string section, like tentative hum, and you're like, "Oh fuck, this is real!" But like, just the whole opening cutscene, it feels newer and more polished and like a more realized whole, just because the soundscape is so much stronger. But just exciting when you're playing the game, you just stop and listen to the stupid loops because they're so much nicer than they used to be. Yeah, it's great too because the soundtrack, the original soundtrack, already had. Um, a bunch of live players for the like, the jazz, like jazz and mariachi stuff. parts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so which which made the contrast with synth orchestra like way more of a bummer. Yeah. And now that stuff is just you know is seamless. Like it. I mean, not that those things ever really occur simultaneously, but the comparison of them is like. Well, now you just it, it just never sounds stands like out. A score. Yes, yeah, it, it just sounds like a complete score that is like. But it also sounds kind of how you remember it a little bit. And yeah, that until you go with, back and watch the trailer from 1998 and yes. go, Whoa. Well, and so one of the things that, that definitely enhances that is um, – so because this is, just, this is just running on top of the original game, it's not like a newly reconstructed game – um, you can just flip remaster mode on and off with a single button press. Like oh, they nice. did with the Monkey Island Like they do with Monkey Island yeah. games. And so I started playing this, and um, so my my fiance Sarah has never seen this game before, like played it or anything. And uh, and so she was like, oh, it's like an old game. And I'm like, yeah, it's old. And <laughs> as, I was, as I was saying that, I'm like, huh, they really didn't like – Fuck with things. This is like this is really nice. Um, and then, but I, there was one moment where I, it like suddenly I realized I'm like, wait a second, these textures are not actually what they used to be. Like because even when he though, walks out of the, his office door and his face gets right up, up to the right. camera. Because even at, even yeah. Jake, you're even though you're right in saying they didn't like change any of the creative choices, there is an inherent difference in how in like in the way that you choose to repaint textures yeah, to be very high resolution, they do look kind of fundamentally creative different, there's, creatively there's, different in a little, there's, in a little there's way. There's differences, but the, the yeah. overall sort of tone of any given shot from the game feels the same. Even yes, th- it totally does. And when you switch back and forth and you remember, oh, right, the original game had no dynamic lighting, like <laughs> was incredibly low resolution. Uh, like it, it's crazy to switch back and forth. Oh, no anti-aliasing on the characters, I guess. Yeah. And uh, it's it's shocking. I mean, it, it, it it's crazy 
considering when you play the remaster, it really does basically feel like how you remember it feeling. It's awesome. It's so good. Yep. Oh, and the controls, they also changed. Um, this was, I had that exact same experience. Mm-hmm. With another thing where they, the controls are newly designed for, um, like a console controller, their um, camera relative rather than uh, character. That actually was in the relative. game, but no one ever used it because it wasn't the default. Right. Oh, it was okay. Called joystick. Well, oh, okay. Then, well, they made that. The they made that the default. Yeah. And, but then and also, going back to the tank controls feels crazy, and I can't believe I played the entire game. I still, way. I still play it better with tank controls. Oh, really? I played it enough times. But the other, yeah. the the way they they integrated point and click also is if you just touch a mouse. Oh yeah, they did yeah. a great job with that. The too. cursor just fades up on screen. You click and he goes. And then if you move a gamepad or an arrow key, the cursor just fades yep. away again. Like it's it's mm-hmm. the exact way you want it to be done. It's very yes. very nice. Yes. It's still four by three, and it's good because of that. Oh yeah, it would have been bad <laughs> if they had. It would have fucked with too many things. The, the same way that you like you read about how the wire is being yeah uh, re released in sixteen by nine, and they're having <laughs> to just like zoom on a lot, like crop mm-hmm. a bunch of shots, or yeah. like yeah, just. Fuck with the I actually watched because we've been rewatching The Wire and I watched yeah. the first episode of season three. They already swapped out, by the way. If you're watching, if you like, were planning to watch The Wire on, on Netflix or uh, it's on Amazon, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, we're watching it on Amazon. The HD um, ones are they, there now. It was like the day after they just swapped it oh, all wow. out. So we went to watch it and it was uh, 16 by 9. And yeah, you can, it doesn't feel like the same show. Huh. You know, it's weird. I believe it, that. It's just, well, it feels so, it's, it's like when you're watching a show that was shot kind of like in between the transition. Where like the one season is four oh, by yeah, three, yeah. and then you, it just switches over to like mm-hmm. super high def sixteen by nine. Right. And you're like, whoa, this feels like a completely different set. It's a problem um, with the, the wire because if the show being four by three, I mean, my my impression of this is colored by knowing the creators deliberately withheld going to widescreen, deliberately yeah. withheld going. Well, because sure, of the sure, exact sure. thing Nick said, because it, that right. show was right on the edge. But right. also, I mean, they they sort of said we realized that four by three was part of the aesthetic of this show. Yeah, and I think that that's actually true. Like it not, is true, I not agree. just because it feels like old TV, but because just when you think about like police equipment. I was just going to yes, say, and the world it feels, feels like government documentary. For me, yeah, it's like for me, it feels uh, like yeah. like local news. Yes. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yes. Like There's local, just... like rough local news, mm-hmm. like B-roll, like like just like, oh, I feel like I'm down like in Baltimore watching like Channel well, 4 or something. Every, you know, every, like, every character every kind of involved security. in yeah. that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's security cameras, news, yeah. exactly. police. Mm-hmm. It, and all of it feels one step removed from the cutting edge, even like inside of the world. Like, so having that whole thing be widescreen HD. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah, it feels weird. Wouldn't recommend it, actually. I would be really happy with an HD version that was just the 4x3 crop. I know, me too. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah. But they yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. It's almost like reverse pan and skin. It's the same yeah. exact <laughs> it problem. Is, yeah. We talked is, about yeah. this on Twin Peaks Rewatch a couple oh, weeks did? ago. Oh, you did? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen to that. Yeah. Oh, listen to that. Just listen to the whole Twin Peaks Rewatch until we talk about widescreen stuff. What have you played recently, Danielle? Oh, man. All right. Well, speaking of... Well, I actually, by the exactly. way, I played two games this week, so oh I'm really God. proud of myself. So I, Whoa. Yeah, I know. No, you should you talk go- about your no, 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 you go ahead, because you- I talked about Grim Fandango just now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, sort of somewhat like Grim Fandango, although I've not yet played the new HD remaster of Grim Fandango, but I've been playing Majora's Mask. Nice. And this is one of those weird things where I can talk about the old game, but I, and I can talk about the like improvements to the new game, but I can't like whatever embargo stuff i can't talk about specifically like the 3ds version has this this and this huh. but oh you so you can't talk about the thing that you, how you can change the time 
I can, but I can't, like, it's weird. It's, what else can't you like, talk sorry, about? I have, like, a three-sheet embargo yeah, for this right. game, which Crazy, is all Nintendo games you You talked about get. this on the show last week, and then on the forums, people have just been going in-depth about all the changes yeah. in the 3DS right. version, so... Right. What if Jake it's, lists a feature, and then you either sigh I can or, do like, a make signal? Kind of Yeah, I can be like, two <laughs> blinks for yes, one blink for no, you know. And then, and then I actually would have we'll just that. go, oh, wow, that's really interesting that you responded that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I can talk about the individual features, but I can't, like... So I've heard that you can advance the time in a day to an arbitrary can. time. You were supposed to blink or something. Um, mm. I Ta-ta. heard that you can rewind time. You cannot rewind time. Can you rewind time? I heard you, you can rewind, rewind time. time. There's no rewinding time. Is this that game where you can rewind time? Chris, this is the game where you can fast forward time, but only in this version. In the previous game, you could slow down time. In the previous mm. game, you could slow down time and you could uh, forward time to the next 12 hour, the whatever the next 12 hour thing, dawn or nighttime of the next day was. But now you can actually pick the hour. So that's cheating. You can scrub. Scrub the hours. It's, it's, okay, so how do you feel about Majora's Mask generally? I've never played Majora's Mask. This is like one of those games that people seem to either think is like a garbage Zelda game or like the secret best Zelda game. I think it's the secret best Zelda game. Okay. That's the that's the camp I fall into. It's my favorite uh, 3D Zelda next to Wind Waker. Next to Wind Waker. Yes. I you know that's always that. what I've, that's, that's You know other, these like, things. I, like I know these things because of last week's <laughs> I show. Totally, yeah. Because what? Because of last week's show. I talked oh, yeah. a little bit about this last week, but yes, I think it's... Wonderful I, I wasn't and transformative. On that one, so I'm terrible. Yes. No, it's okay. Well, apparently, Jake told me I actually explained it really well last week, and yeah. so I'm like, you I fi- can't top that. You finally like, made me decide that I'm going to play Majora's Mask, and I was so excited. And then I went home and I was like, "What? It's not out yet." Ah, oh, journalist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, when does it actually come out? February thirteenth, also known as my birthday. Oh yeah, we talked about that too. Everybody know about that. Um, Thank you. I don't know what to ask you because I don't know what you guys talked about last week. So you should just... I mean, I just went through the basic structure of the game. It's a 3D Zelda game, and I'll be super, super brief. Um, It's a 3D Zelda game where the structure is really... uh, It's actually very innovative for 3D Zelda. So you basically play the same three-day sequence over and over again, and you make progress. It's the whole Groundhog Day thing. Yeah, I'm generally aware of it. Okay, okay. So you know that part. Um, the other way it's actually really fundamentally different from other Zelda games is you get your powers through masks. So there's sort of like three masks that give you completely different set of powers, like different abilities and things and so on. And that all goes into like the puzzle solving in the dungeons and beating bosses and so on and so forth. So the way I kind of call it is um, the moment-to-moment gameplay is very similar to Ocarina of Time. You're basically doing the same things. You're fighting with your little sword. You're solving sure. environmental and puzzles. Structurally, it's very different. But structurally, yeah. it's really different. And it's also tonally really weird... And kind of dark and also kind of playful. Like, it always looks like that in the screenshots and stuff. And it's, yeah. which is why I like it so much, mm-hmm. honestly. Not only that it kind of mixes up the formula a bit, which it does, and it does it in a way that's very refreshing and kind of fun. Um, but it also, that aesthetic, it, it's, it takes place in this sort of alternate reality almost. And it's very, it's very much based on sort of dream logic because they use a lot of assets from Ocarina of Time. This was mm-hmm. meant to be like a side story kind of game right. set mm-hmm. in this alternate universe. But everything's recontextualized in a really interesting way. Like, um, it's like Dishonored Zelda. It kind of is, <laughs> actually, in a lot of I'd ways. Say it's a pretty nice mask. Yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> nice mask you got there. Only it turns you into a little Goron thing and yeah. so on and so forth. But like you- every character is in this game but has no relationship to like what they were in the previous right, game. Sure. So it's kind of cool and weird and interesting in that Do way. you have any – Do you? is there anything about – like? Is there, I don't know what you're allowed to talk about or not with this, all, all this embargo <laughs> I'll, stuff. I'll but, do my best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you find yourself re, 
evaluating the game at all having like playing it now or playing the new one yes yeah i mean i can just generally say like i this is exactly the game that i loved when i was you know 17 or whatever i was it was okay it was 2000 so i was probably playing it in 2001 you know however old i was and i really really liked it and it was actually almost kind of formative because it came at that time where i was like a teenager but like about to you know make the jump into adulthood and i just sort of really dug how this was like Zelda, which is a very known quantity, always. You know, it's like this sort of cheery game where there's bad guys and there's good mm-hmm. guys and there's creatures. And this was like turning all of that on its head and just sort of being weird and purple and green instead of just being this sort of upright yeah. uh-huh. sort of game where you knew exactly what was going to happen for everything. Um, oh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm cool. feeling like, yep, this is exactly why this is my favorite Zelda game. So. Because definitely playing Grim Fandango, and I've sort of... Load. I've certainly loaded it up, you know, since yeah. 1998 or 99, whenever I first played. I think I played it in between, like over the course of over some period of time that included both 1998 and 1999. Sure. Because it was hard and I didn't have the internet and it was long. <laughs> um, Fair. And I think that when I first played that game, you know, I was, uh, how old was I? Um, I was like 14 or 15, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And I don't think I just had, at least when it came to games, I don't know if I necessarily yet had sort of just the habitual tendency to kind of like critically appraise things sure. beyond yeah. a very just like, I like this or I don't like this or whatever. And I can maybe have some like loose idea as to why, but basically stuff either connects with me or doesn't. Um, and so I don't really think I thought anything of the puzzles except this is just what is in this game. And these are the things you have to do to get past it. And it took me fucking forever because I didn't have a walkthrough or yeah. anything. And that game took me months and months and months to complete, but it wouldn't, it didn't occur to me that that would be something to criticize about the game or to find frustrating or anything. I just did them. Um, but now playing it, it's, I, I love the game. And I think it's one of the best written games ever written and, and absolutely gorgeous and like incredible imagination. But also there are plenty of times where especially playing it with someone who didn't grow up playing adventure games or, or, or video games generally um, saying just like, you know, Sarah will be playing it and she'll figure some stuff out and then just kind of be stuck for a while. And I'm like, Oh, do this. And she's like, how would you know you're supposed to do that? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, <laughs> there's basically two like ways. One is to kind of get just used to how adventure games work and just sort of develop an, an intuition for it. The the other way that you also have to do, it's not one of them, it's both of them, is try every single thing on every other thing when you get completely stuck. Yeah. Which is not a good it's way yeah. it's not it's not everyone. Yeah. to achieve anything. Like, that's yeah. not, you know. But, like, whatever. I mean, what are you going to do? It it's definitely feels different playing it as an adult, yeah. especially with someone who has no lingering, like, affection for this stuff. Uh, but, like, to the game's credit, like... She is also finding it incredibly, um, like, fu- like fun and yeah. entertaining and like uh, creative and imaginative and all the things that it that it still also is. Um, so yeah, that's that's it's an always, interesting yeah. interesting like like moment in time trying to remember like what's the first moment you realize the game design was an actual thing. Oh yeah, I think for me it like, was when I played because I was Warner. actually talking about this today. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know if I don't know if this really counts because it was so long ago. But like, um, and it's not really a game that, like, whatever. But uh, somebody was talking about um, the game Chrono Trigger, uh, which is an old SquareSoft game. Yeah. Um, and 
it made me remember that that was probably the first game in which I played it and went, oh, this is a company that also made this other game called Final Fantasy that I played that was horribly laborious to play through. <laughs> Even though, like, I, because I was a kid, whatever, like, Final did, Fantasy, yeah. oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, uh, you know, having played Chrono Trigger, being able to recognize, and probably I read it in a review, so it probably doesn't count. I probably read it in a Nintendo Power review for all it matters. <laughs> but, like, just knowing that, like, they specifically took the enemies, took them, you know, like, it's no longer just like they just ha- battles just happen like they put them on screen and then allowed you to skip them. Like I remember playing that and going like, oh, my God, like somebody had to sit down and like completely redesign the way somebody they were thinking about, about these systems yeah. Yeah. for just ease of use and enjoyability. And they fucking did it. And this is the best. And like I remember thinking <laughs> yeah, that great. when I was, in, you know, like, but yeah, those yeah. two, those two tiered for me because my original my sort of first step of that understanding was like, I guess when I, when I pretty close to when I started playing video games, just because I started playing them by way of, um, LucasArts adventure games Mm -hmm. and Sierra adventure games. And also, um, it's like civilization and X-Wing and, uh, SimCity and stuff. And all of those games either had the lead designer's name on the front of the box Mm -hmm. in the case Mm -hmm. of like civilization one, which was an actual Sid Meier designed game as opposed to just Sid Meier's company. Um, and, and like even X-Wing had Larry Holland's name on the front oh, yeah. of the box mm-hmm. and all the LucasArts and Sierra Adventure games had their creators' names on the front of the box. Um, and SimCity I don't think did, but I think Will Wright's name no. was kind of around. Well, he was Dr. That, Wright. Well, I played on PC, but he <laughs> okay, wasn't. Okay, but yeah, but yeah. But, um, but, uh, so as a result of like, because I started playing games on the PC in that specific era, like I really early on understood that like individual people made games and that someone who made one game that I liked would probably make another game I like, which is why I bought um, Full Throttle because mm. I really liked Dave Such the Tentacle and yeah. uh, Monkey Island. And I'm like, oh, there's the same guy involved in this. Um, but I don't think it was until Thief 1 that I actually thought about game design in the way that you're describing, mm. um, where it's like you're actually trying to like pick apart the pieces. Because right. I remember playing Thief, the original Thief. And like again, growing up a PC gamer, I was like, exposed to an extremely wide array of genres, right? Like I played really linear adventure games and also like crazy space combat simulations and also really intricate like builder games and also like input complex real-time and turn-based strategy games. Like that's just what the sort of like hardcore or mainstream PC gaming was at the time. It was like incredible explosion of genres. But also in that era, the early 90s, the genres had kind of all already sort of solidified basically. Um, and then when 3d games started happening, like we, there was kind of a new proliferation of genres. And I remember thief one was the one that really like blew my mind in that way, because it was like, it's like half-life or something like that, where it's a first person shooter, you know, doom or whatever, where it's a first person thing, but also it's got this like stealth stuff and mm-hmm. this whole like inventory and all of these, Things that are feel like they're all and and all the narrative stuff that I liked about adventure games where like you could overhear characters talking and stuff like that and I'm like this is a crazy combination of things like what is this like what is this game I um, mean it really was surprising and like fascinating to me that, that came out to me because of Wing Commander two I think oh yeah yeah nice because I played cockpit games with that it had like the bunker and uh uh-huh, like, yeah and story and all sorts of mm-hmm. goofy shit on top of it. And, and I was like, Oh, someone put this here. Someone decided that this was what they were going to do. That's not yeah. what everyone does. Mm. TIE fighter was kind of like that too. Although I don't think it impacted me as much. At the no. Time. Yeah. 
But I, I liked it a lot, but it, but only in the sense that like, whoa, this game's cool. It has this. I didn't really think about it beyond <laughs> right. that. I think mine is the goofiest oh, yeah? by far Why? out of all of these. So mine was uh, <laughs> Banjo-Tooie, the sequel to Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> yeah, when did Banjo-Tooie... I never played any of the Banjo games. They're actually really good. I mean, everyone says I that. Think. I believe that because um, everyone says it. They're good 3D platformers that had yeah. a lot of interesting level design, actually. And that's exactly how I sort of started thinking about things. Yeah. Um, because the level design in... Tui, the sequel. I know it's super. What year did that come out? Do you remember it all? I think the very end of 99 or 2000, okay. maybe. So, so and this was an N64 platformer. So yours I was and probably, mine were right about the. We were about the same yeah, age. Yeah, I was like a we, teenager. I was like, like yeah. middle of high school, like sophomore, yeah, junior, maybe. I was about, yeah. Somewhere in freshman there. Freshman or sophomore, probably, yeah. Yeah. I might have been a no, little bit of this. I might have, <laughs> well, it was about the same. It was right about the same. Somewhere I was probably in there. A, in between 8th and ninth grade. Yeah, I mean, Banjo-Kazooie came out in 1998, and I don't think I was quite thinking about this yet, but Tui sure. itself, the, the sequel, has these really massive stages, and they all sort of intersect with each other. Not completely intersect with each other, but instead of just being sort of an overworld hub with a bunch of other little mm-hmm. worlds, the worlds actually interacted. It feels in, contiguous somewhat. It, it does, yeah, and they interacted in weird kind of funny ways. Like, there was a theme park level where you had to get uh, a burger and fries, and there was sort of a... A goal where you had to sort of, um, in the cave dinosaur level, you had to get the burger and fries to the caveman. So you had to, like, find a new path to traverse. And it just intersected in all these weird, bizarre little ways. There was a train that went from level to level. And I just sort of started thinking about level design because of that. Because it was That's like, cool. oh, this is different from Mario and the other sort of 3D platformers that I was playing at the time. I was like, oh, this is, this is interesting. There is something here. And it sort of got me thinking about just... How these games are designed anyway, uh, by a human being or a team, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. not by just, they don't just come from the Nintendo right. hive mind <laughs> yeah, that yeah, are yeah. just, right. you know, born, sort of fully grown or anything. Yeah. Kind of dorky, but... Yeah, they're, all dor- they're, all yeah, kind of, they're all kind of dorky. Yeah, they're all kind of dorky. Video games. Kind of my, dorky, whereas... dorky whereas, with a bear and a bird. thief. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Only right. the cool people. Right. Only no cool nerds. People. Immersive simulations. <laughs> well, I play Game of War, so. That's right. Uh, game of War doing it discreetly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the game that really made me think about game design was Game of War. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Speaking of old games that we're playing again. I yeah. got this weird, insane craving to play the original Bioshock again, and I've been oh, I streaming you, it. Yeah, I saw that. I've been streaming like the whole thing, and it's. I'm not going to talk about Bioshock because it's been. Sounds like you are clearly. Well, no, I'm, I will just say that it it holds up better than I thought it would. I'm not surprised by that. That game yeah. was so tonally strong. Yes, it really is. Obviously, the shooting kind of sucks. I mean, all the things yeah. that people said back in the day still apply. I was kind of nervous going into it. I was just like, I haven't touched this game in five years. I looked at my old save, and it was like March. 2010 or something and i played it a few times you know during life you know when it came out um but i was just sort of like i don't know i've played a lot of shooters since then i played a lot of shooters with story i've played a lot of shooters that clearly took a lot of influence from this maybe this is gonna be garbage but no Bioshock's having still a lot good. of fun yeah yeah it's yeah. still That's good awesome. old games thumbs up for old games old it's eight, weird how games, it's weird how fast I games know, get right? old, right? Like eight <laughs> yeah. years. Okay, eight this years, is okay. Yeah. So I like a butthole opened up my telephone. <laughs> yeah, I like a butthole on, opened that, up. Been on that Notice. phone uh, today. We're sharp butthole. <laughs> like a butthole, I opened <laughs> up. Like a gradual. You heard what I said? Thank God, someone was listening. <laughs> to me. A very steep hole. No, so I, I, I was scrolling through tweets like a jerk does when recording a podcast, and Justin McElroy said a broad question that Grim Fandango has me thinking about: Do games age worse than movies? 
Yes, unfortunately, uh, they do. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I absolutely think it's true. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I totally don't know if I agree. I, really? I don't know if it's... I agree, I think, in most cases, but... Well, I mean, I, there I are certainly say, games. Yeah, that, I mean, yes, you know. I think that is, is broadly true. It doesn't mm, mean it's okay. like absolutely. In I don't all know cases if it's true. true. Are you saying that really? As like, no. well, be, because because a, a film that was shot in 1980 can be remastered to look like something that was shot yesterday. Yes, but if it's not, the movie shot in 1980, it clearly is less dated than the game made in 1980. That's so I don't know, like that's I, what I'm saying. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I'm just saying it's, it's just inevitably like. Is that just because of where we are on the curve of the existence of games as a medium, though? Because like. If you if you think about early games to current games and early films to current films, those curves might be similar, but one stretches back an additional fifty years, right? Yeah, well, but I think but, if but you look see, at like, I think if you look at film day zero versus film year fifty, I, I yeah. think I mean well, I guess we're not at game year fifty I mean, yet. But when if you, Danielle's talking about well, no, I, guess Mass, I guess we are actually. If, you, right, if I, games started in the mid sixties, so video games anyway. If you put a person in front of a random movie from the 1940s. Yeah. I suspect their frustration curve compared to a current top 15 grossing movie of this year will be very similar to putting someone who's used to playing top 5, 10 grossing AAA games of this year against something that lands so, equal on the history okay. curve. So, so well, that's not even true, though, because there isn't, you can't even go back. It's like 70. I, I'm plus on the relative curves of the, of the two medium, not literally like. Beginning game and beginning. Yeah, film. beginning okay. game, beginning film. If you, if so you a just film overlay from 19, the, the, the difference is, though. A film though, from 1903. But, but no one's but sure. But like, I was almost there because I felt like, okay, well, like Pong, right? You can sit somebody down in front of Pong and they can still say, oh, this is a good game. Like, this is a good game. But the thing is, it's a novelty, though. Like, there's a difference. Yeah. It's like, no one's going to actually sit down and play Pong for hours now. They'll play it and say it's good, but, but they're but not no going to actually... A lot of people don't sit down and watch an old film because the music, the pacing, the no, acting totally is right, but I think... and weird. Okay, right, so but if they do, though, I don't is... think they're seeing it as a novelty. They're seeing this... it as something okay. that actually... So, the way... Okay, I, I think it's actually, given how far we are into the... Given the points we are into the history of film and into the history of games, I don't think it is actually apples to apples enough to be able to say... Mm-hmm. Yet, look at something from the beginning of films or the first couple decades of film versus games. I think to actually say, I think if you want to say, do games date or age as well as films, say game minus 10 years or film minus 10 years. And I think that like films I relatively, that, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that as not? a valid comparison because games came into being after films exist. Games came into being after, like games have the evolutionary boost and the cultural boost of all other visual medium that came before them. You don't need to, like, people aren't inventing how to observe content through a screen. You know, like, games just are going to naturally evolve faster because they're a medium that is that came into existence well, in a world where all the other well, so, mediums already right. exist but here's and are the, culturally accepted and internalized. Here's the other thing, right? though, right? Like, uh, games I'm are so... I'm not sure so... if that's the reason games are... Games are I mean, built on top of each other in a way that films are Software aren't. and hardware improves at such a drastic rate that it means things you can do with software also. I mean, See, the, I mean, game, because okay. because because Indiana Jones three exists doesn't mean that it sort of makes Indiana Jones one obsolete. I'm you not saying I mean? that either. But, 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 but I think that's, that, that, that's, that's a phenomenon, in though, in games that I think ages games disproportionately. That's like, a phenomenon in the current culture of games. But I don't know. If, I mean, people will well, still how, say. How, you, how else to answer that question other than the current culture? Of well, games. it's like, does Grand Theft Auto, is Grand Theft Auto Vice City? I mean, I guess because the graphics in GTA 5 are better, GTA 5, like Vice City has aged way worse. Even though if you sit down and play Vice City, it's guaranteed a better game. Yeah. But you say that because you because you are like. 
the kind of person who would watch an old movie and be fine with it. But I don't think in general games to most people age as easily as films do. Like you can say, Oh, Goodfellas is like the best gangster movie of all time. And I think it's a much easier thing to say than like GTA three, which is a lot less old than Goodfellas is the best gangster game of all time or Vice City or whatever. And actually show that to a representative sample of people who like video games and expect them to not just want the newest Grand Theft Auto. That's probably true. But I, th- I think if you show someone like that shitty fucking Kevin Costner or whatever gangster movie from a couple of years ago, or no, not Kevin Costner, the Brad Pitt or something, there's some shitty ass fucking gangster movie <laughs> Wait, made a couple Leonardo years DiCaprio ago that one? no one can already no. remember because it was a piece of shit. But it was like the newest about. one made for plenty of money with big name actors and probably a decently competent director and a big and like all the things that you get. But like that's like the Saints Row of movies, though. <laughs> like the Saints Row one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I, not Saints Row four. That's a master. I guess yeah. that's true. I guess that's not. That's totally not a fair comparison. But I. But I do. But I do think that even the good version of the older game faces a much tougher battle age wise than the good version of the older movie. I'm wondering if. Because you don't have to just go back to Goodfellas. You can go all the way back to, to The Godfather, which is another couple decades older. And and you can, I mean, like, the, the, I, I may, maybe games have a similar thing, right? I feel like once you get to about the, the 70s and film, the sort of, like, film aspect ratio and, like, uh, quality of film. Lighting, and sound co- design, it all sort color of Color and, like, right? all these things, yeah, yeah kind of stabilize. And maybe, editing, yeah. maybe games will get there, but I... I'm not sure if I think they necessarily it's, it's, it's will. It's entirely because of fidelity, then. It's entirely because of graphical fidelity. No, I, no, not only entirely because of that. It's also things like input well, fidelity and, like, all kinds of other – like, and the other, all kinds yeah. of things. Frame rate and, like, all just – well, I guess frame rate is kind of visual. But there's just there's, a lot – there's, yeah. like, game design practices. Games are difficult to experience in a way films are not. Even a film that's, like, you find kind of, like, fuddy-duddy – doesn't present you a challenge in terms of literally just like getting through it. receiving it. You might you think it's boring or old, but like games are so much more challenging in terms of just fundamentally getting from point A to point B. If it if it's not if you're not already totally acclimated to the sort of like design context that it comes out of. I mean, there's something interesting about the sort of remastered uh, phenomenon because I feel like that would be one thing that in the future ideally enables more of this because I think that like. Just think about the way that I grew up experiencing old films. Like, in what context did I? My dad telling me, like, you have to watch this movie, sit down and watch this with me, or going into like a class and somebody saying, this is a classic film, you must watch this to become educated, yeah. or just, you know, whatever, like shared experiences. And you can't have that if Grim Fandango isn't remastered because you're not going to, you know, go through the 10 steps to fucking sit down and play it with somebody, you know, that's another compatibility also actually makes things age badly. Yeah. 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 It's so much, it's so much easier to just copy a movie file to a new format and watch it than it is to figure out what kind of crazy emulation scenario or like, I'm more of a a game as a work than a game as a piece of software. I know what you're right. But like, (laughs) those things are, I'm actually wondering if this is more complicated because Video games as a whole are more aesthetically similar to one another than movies as a whole. I don't. I, I was going to argue the exact opposite because I was going to say Tetris <laughs> is fucking timeless, or Katamari mm. Damacy. Who gives a crap what the fidelity of your PlayStation or whatever is? That game's always going to look stylish and weird and kind of cutting edge because nothing else looks like it, and it's probably going to be approachable for a long ass time because you just press forward until you bonk into something. But the games that are incredibly narrative heavy are the ones that are probably the ones that get shit on the most over the passage of time. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause if I mean, because you could take those games, put them on a phone and they're still relevant. 
You know what I mean? You, like, mean, you, like, you, mean, you could take Katamari, Katamari or take out a phone, do a port, and right. people would just Whereas, buy like, it today. GTA, yeah. GTA 3 is less right. desirable because it looks less like Goodfellas than GTA 5. Right? That's true. And it wants to yeah. be Goodfellas. And it wants to be Goodfellas. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, uh, Mario 3 is going to be challenging, but it's going to be challenging in the same way that New Super Mario Brothers or Spelunky is challenging. Like, it's going to be challenging in the same way that a modern... Yeah entry in that genre is going like the controls map exactly the same like that i think that the maybe it is a, a totally a genre thing i don't know i think genre it makes a big be. part of yeah. it because a yeah. game that's very narrative heavy is intrinsically relying a lot on audio visual components because right. that's how, how well it represents a human being whereas in yeah. film you could always point a camera at a human so then it's just yeah, it looks like a human how approachable is, it is one. the makeup yeah. and the lighting and the style of acting of that time but you're always going to have a human being's face cool. yeah it's interesting, by the way, speaking of how things age, so recent movies, I guess, in this case, um, every year in San Francisco in January, the Castro Theater, which is a really great, I think, 1920s or 30s era mm-hmm. kind of single screen movie palace, um, which is, by the way, immaculately maintained and like absolutely beautiful place to see a movie. Um, every January, they do a film festival called Noir City, which just shows uh, film noir from uh, usually of a particular theme. Um, this year, I think marriage was kind of the theme. And like mm-hmm. in the past, themes have included like San Francisco or international noir or like revenge thing, you know, just whatever different themes. And this year, I think it was marriage. And and uh, I saw three. Um, we went to three of three different screenings, of, you know, last week. And it's really interesting to see one. The so, you know, film, noir films were generally B movies. Um, and, and a lot of the acting is very melodramatic and kind of hammy in part because of the era and in part because that's just sort of these films were very kind of like um, sh- sort of pulpy and that was kind of what they were. But sometimes you'll see a performance in one of them that kind of points towards a, the more the sort of more modern style of acting, which I don't wouldn't really describe as more realistic, but there's sort of a more like um, – specific it's kind of like height, heightened yeah ways, exactly yeah. less less derived from the theater yeah i would say exactly less stagey and um uh it's a really interesting thing to see the sort of like early threads of that occasionally with certain actors mm. like just kind of poke into these movies because it it feels like a a line that you can draw you know from 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 then to now um and is a is a weird reminder that like, Oh yeah. Part of the reason the, this sort of feels old in some ways is purely because people just kind of expected a different style of like playing to the camera. But like that wasn't intrinsic. Like there was nothing about that. That was like, I mean, you know, the was black and white film and that was a specific limitation of the time. But like a lot of the, a lot of the things that make it seem old are just conventions. You can only record yes. music that goes blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all that all that really came in in those microphones. Yeah. The time. Well, now we're back. We're right back in that era then now because now all of our now yeah. all of our film and so television. Are you score kidding music me? I mean, it like, is all bombastic, but it's not like blah 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 blah. The trailers. Are <laughs> like, well, that stuff is rad. But all of yeah. the like all that of would the make things better. All yeah. of the, so that like crazy weird like jazz shit like that is great. Yeah. But like this, the really straightforward just like. Ba-ba, like yeah. surprising oh. we're totally in that era now oh, yeah. like no, every true. like god especially genre pictures especially horror movies or anything like that yeah. is the most like hit you over the yeah. head with okay. the, like soundtrack it's crazy so right now. I, I disagreed with you without letting you actually give your points like an asshole so what were you gonna oh, say no, Danielle? Sorry. Sorry. i was just gonna say i feel like 
this is not a completely fully formed thought, so forgive me if I'm if I'm stumbling through I this. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was I just don't. sort of com- <laughs> Of course, Nick that asshole. I'm gonna like hide behind a mask now. <laughs> like hide behind the dishonored mask. And I just sort of feel like everything in a video game is geared, at least this is this is a super generalization, but it's geared towards some sort of action. It's geared towards some sort of input that I will produce as the person playing the game will create mm-hmm. some sort of action and some sort of reaction and there's something about that that's consistent no matter what kind of game I'm playing. Whereas when I sit down to a movie, I might be having a completely, really, truly, crazily different emotional experience watching a horror movie versus an experimental film versus just there's something that feels intrinsically different about that to me. Whereas whether I'm playing, a, you know, a Super Mario Brothers game or if I'm playing Proteus or if I'm playing things that are actually very different in terms of what I'm actually doing... They still feel like I am here and I am playing Action and I am reaction. interacting with the system, basically. Yeah. Um, so maybe aesthetics is not the right word at all for that. Maybe it's more. There's there is definitely a different a feeling mode. or a or a mood or you know something that I'm sort of struggling mm-hmm. to get at. But, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I think you're definitely getting at something like real. There's definitely something there, um, but there. I think there's still a pretty broad range in, in how games like sure either use that or sort of the extent to which they're susceptible to it um i mean i guess there are edge cases always right like there sure. are crazy games yeah. where you basically have zero input at all where it's yeah. just someone's trying a crazy experiment There's something or like something. mountain or something. Yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. yeah. but like, but i do know what you mean like there there is sort of an almost like like um Aggressiveness is not the right word because that, that, that's loaded. It's not what I mean. But like alertness, maybe yeah, or something. Right? There's a kind of attention paid. <laughs> yeah. That probably just like on a scientific, like chemical level, probably just like interacts with your brain differently than how you sure. are when you're watching a movie. That just like there's probably something about the like needing input to progress that just triggers a certain thing that is just different. And I, I do find myself in different moods when I want to sit down and play a game than I do sit down and watch like a TV show or a movie or something. Yeah. I almost feel like I want to be pacified somewhat <laughs> when I'm watching something and not everything <laughs> obviously, but it, it's almost something sure. I, I want my brain to be hypnotized. I want my brain to be, it's almost like a body brain thing. This is going to sound crazy, but yeah, like I, I need my body in some way to play a video game, at least most games, mm-hmm. obviously, but I don't need my, okay, I need my eyes and I need my brain, but I don't need, I don't need any physical component to watch a movie. I can just kind of be completely in a mind space as opposed to like a physical yeah. mm-hmm. awareness or so on. Anyway, that, that was me stumbling towards trying to <laughs> explain why I think video games are different from movies. Well, yeah, they yeah. definitely, they definitely are that for sure. <laughs> I'm glad we've come to this conclusion. This feels, <laughs> this feels good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks, Justin. What? <laughs> Thank you, Justin Matchelor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boss. Yes, want to take my, a, you want to take a boss. Oh, yeah, let's take a break. Boss. Let's take a break. Sure. Okay. Video we would like to thank Me Undies for also sponsoring the podcast. Me Undies is an amazing giant underwear superstore online. You can go to MeUndies.com, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S.com. And you can go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs for a 20% off your first order and free shipping. They have a lot of really cool designs. I'm, they do, I'm very I know. fond. I'm looking right now. I'm very fond of this surfboards design for ladies. And they have a cool one called Electric Avenue. 
Uh, lots of very colorful. I'm into the one that's called the 90s. The 90s. Which is very accurately named because it just looks like the 90s. It looks like the <gasps> background patterns to the Fresh Prince intro yes. or, to- or <laughs> yes. Toe Jam and Earl that's exactly or something like looks that. Like. That's yeah. exactly oh, that's what it looks perfect. like. perfect. I might need to get some of that. So that I, action. I have to say something about, about an offering on MeUndies.com that I'm saying simply because it's ludicrous. It actually probably doesn't help us. <laughs> but um, so as Danielle said, if you go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs, you get 20% off your order. Unfortunately, that does not apply to the $4,000 like mega pack that basically gets you infinite <laughs> underwear, like more underwear than you could ever possibly use. Infinite the 20, undies. <laughs> the 20% discount I don't think applies to that, but I would still be really stoked if an Idle Thumbs listener went to meundies.com slash thumbs and bought that. The just to, just to report pass. back. Right. Think about, about never having to shop for underwear or undergarments uh, ever again. Yeah, you can mix and match men's and women's. Oh, yeah. Just think about pretty it. pretty great. Buy mm-hmm. them for your school. Buy them for your whole class, your yeah. dorm building. Mm-hmm. Oh. We don't get anything out of that. This is just like gift to the world. Yeah. A gift to your... Your gift to the world. Think of how big a box that... <laughs> Every, pa- every Apparently, if you order this, a, they, a MeUndies sales representative will call you and just like work out all the underwear. An you arrangement, want. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I, know, I were right? rich, if I were rich, yes, <laughs> this is absolutely. the frivolous kind of thing. Because these do. are actually good. This is actually yes. good quality underwear. I know this uh, firsthand, and it's sustainably sourced mm-hmm. as well, which is nice. You know, I don't want to think about my butt ruining the world or anything like that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm very I happy sadly about have to that. think about that all the time, but for very different reasons. <laughs> it's very different uh, reasons. com slash thumbs, 20% off. 20% off your first order and free shipping. Mm-hmm. Video game. Thanks, NatureBox, also for sponsoring this episode of Idle Thumbs. NatureBox is a delicious snack subscription service that sends a bunch of food to your house you can eat snack <laughs> food they got crunchy things chewy things they got sweet, nom-nom. savory got things. savory things sweet things weird flavor explosion things we always talk about those pineapples we've talked about them so much now though that i can't remember what they're actually like i just have a dream of a delicious <laughs> oh, I remember pineapple what they're exactly like. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had we haven't gotten the pineapples in a while i gotta get back on that train but if you go to naturebox.com slash slash thumbs you can get uh, a sampler pack for basically nothing. It's I think the two dollars the cost of shipping. So you can peruse their catalog there, pick one full size snack that you want that sounds interesting on that list, and then they'll send you little samples of a bunch of other stuff they've got for next to nothing. They'll, um, you'll be days away you'll from be, eating delicious yes. snacks. You'll be reined mm-hmm. in with snacks. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they they go to Canada now too. We had so many Canadian listeners who used to complain about this to us Aww. on Twitter, although we had no control over it whatsoever. But now, uh, thanks to that, although previously <laughs> I would not have wanted you to shoot the messenger, I will now accept all of your praise as the messenger, <laughs> informing you, our Canadian readers, that naturebox.com will ship delicious treats to your home. Naturebox.com slash thumbs. Eat them. Video. I was going to make a Pineapple Express joke when you said you needed to get back on that train with the pineapple. <laughs> I didn't indulge because it was an ad read. Okay. What was your first title shipped? <laughs> Doom 2. How many games are on your Moby Games rap sheet? Can you, can you read your IMDb was Doom for me? 2. I know. I love that the first game you worked on was Doom 2. Yeah. Doom 2? Oh, it was yeah. a re-release? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Been working I on this industry. I actually know that. Been working See? in this industry you since I shipped today. Doom 2. Yeah. yeah. Well, no one would know that because it's, all he was was community right. manager when it was shipped. Right. Right. <laughs> That's correct. Doom 2, Hell on Earth. Yep. <laughs> Nick Brecken's Doom 2. <laughs> yes.
I would play that game. <clears throat> Nick, what was the first release of Doom 2 you shipped? Oh, uh, Doom 2, Hell on Earth. Oh. Uh, the <sighs> Android port. <laughs> oh, don't. Shh, shh, shh. Burn that cast. No, just don't tell me when it was the Android port. <laughs> Are we back? Um, I guess we're back. I think oh. we're back. So I totally played another game this week. This is like wow. Two Banner games. video Star. game week for me. I know. <laughs> um, I played uh, Infinifactory, which is by Zachtronics, which is mm. the studio that made uh, Space Chem. Which oh, is man. yeah, God, which is a game, game I really like. Yeah. I talked about it all times. I think like two years ago, maybe now. Um, so Space Chem was a two D puzzle game where you basically assemble like molecules according to various rules that. Um, dictate how they can how they can be bonded and you have to like construct certain get certain end results by way of conveyor belts and like things that fuse things and whatever and infinifactory is basically just that but in 3d so you have to like construct conveyor belts and uh things to fuse blocks together and um like thing the sensors and things that push blocks into other places and you have to construct all this stuff such that you end up with the correct configuration of blocks going along a conveyor belt and being fed into this like end point. Um, and so you're just constructing these sort of almost Rube Goldberg like whole devices. Um, and it's fucking hard. It's so hard. Space cam was <laughs> like hard. Space cam. space cam was really hard. And I feel like this game has even less of a ramp up until it gets really hard. It's so hard. Uh, it's just really hard. Um, <laughs> Do you think somebody with like an organic chemistry background would have like, extra aptitude at something no, like this. No, I don't because I don't think it okay. really has anything to do with how that's There's I think nothing it's like, real in this. Yeah, yeah also this like one, a factory background. <laughs> well, this one's weird factory because it doesn't chemical. like this one doesn't have the chemistry thing. This is like as makes sense for sort of 3D moving blocks around. This one is more similar I don't know what why you'd ever make factories like this, but it's, it's <laughs> supposed to <laughs> who would it's supposed to evoke something about an assembly line. But I think to sort of fictionally try and accompany the why would anyone make factories like this, there's this sort of like narrative layer that you get at the beginning of the game and then in between certain sort of chunks of levels where you I guess have been like abducted by aliens <laughs> as some kind of alien society that like Forces Makes you to make factories. pointless factories and then judges you for them. And there's just weird, like, long cutscenes where you're just kind of sitting in front of an alien who's, like, grading oh. you on a score. Oh, so it's like real life. And then- <laughs> so it's like a career. <laughs> you don't really know what you're doing. You get judged. I would not have expected Infinifactory to have lore. I know. It's really weird. And there's, there's audio great. logs. There's, like, dead people in the levels. And you can listen to their audio <laughs> logs from, like, before they die. There's, Jesus. like, corpses on the ground. And you amazing. Can re- yeah. yeah. Well, and so it feels like it's supposed to be sort of a portal like yeah, that's what dark, I say. It's darkly the, comic it's kind portal, of thing, uh, and it, like the cutscenes are definitely like that, where the aliens are sort of goofy and like you're you're in this sort of outrageous situation, you're captive and whatever. And it's but it's sort of satirical, but but some of the audio logs are just like one of them was just someone like screaming and crying for like a minute straight. <laughs> oh like, this isn't really funny. It's not even like morning, black. Morning, funny. Infinifactory will record it's your your actual explanations while you're while you're playing the game players. and share them dynamically with Infinifactory would like to access your microphone. It's so hard. It's so hard. I mean it's like hard. It's very hard. <laughs> this Where's is a strange audio log. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you realize the audio logs are yourself in your previous <laughs> right? Infinifactory session. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's well. it's uh, it's strange. I don't know what I can't really figure out what tonally what they're going for. Which you know, it's fine. Like I don't. It's fine if it's like actually supposed to be really like fucked up. But it's disturbing. But it just comes in little bits. Is like there that. an and end? Most of the well, I'm sure. I don't know if there's an ending cutscene or something. It's an. I mean, reaction. it's called Infinifactory. Yeah, that's so true. No. no confirmation. Yeah, it might yeah. just be generating all of this stuff live. Yeah. It's um. Well, it's in early access right now. So every time you beat any level, it gives you a little survey that's like, was this level hard? Was this level too hard or Please like did, record your did you enjoy this yeah. level although now that i'm thinking about it having described game. it your, i wonder if that like maybe part of the this experience. Is, hopefully that's part of the <laughs> yeah. yeah of course yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah maybe this is an assassin's creed situation you, oh man oh my god yeah because it's, yeah. it's really playable for an early access game like it's really it doesn't feel mm. i mean like it's it feels as much of a game as space cam was in other words a very like well-built puzzle game it doesn't feel rushed or like um broken or anything i mean it's perfectly th- stable in there and and got lots of levels in it apparently already um so you know as early access games go this is not one that i feel is like a minefield of you know bugs or unfinished kind of designs or anything um but but it does also feel like this is a st- i don't i i don't know how many people worked on this game but it but it, I, I imagine it's quite a small studio, as as presumably the people they were when they made Space Camp, yeah. and it does kind of feel like they sort of wanted to introduce a <laughs> kind of dark comic narrative development to their game, but like haven't done that very much before, so like <laughs> weren't see. really sure where the line <laughs> yeah. is drawn yeah. at times. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds really kind of fascinating. Yeah, it's, like it's, I actually it's, really want to play this strange. to see this yeah, yeah. bizarre. But like, line. It sounds like an art piece. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, because it's like a Swedish art piece, <laughs> yeah. Well, if we made this game where you well, play this <laughs> Infinity Factory, well, like a, like like a, like it's like a Michael Haneke. What is the guy who made Funny Games? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, just yeah. like unaccommodating. How do you uh, think brutal? that Infinity Factory will age relative to, say, Goodfellas or Upstream Color? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. There's the under the skin of video games. It's not right. that. It's not that. <laughs> yeah. you, you spend like 90% of your time, especially once you get, you know, like re- relatively deep into the game. They, as I say, it's really hard. And so you'll spend a long time just trying stuff. And the, the, you're also, you can improve your, your score on each level. You, you have Steam leaderboards, which is nice because like um, our buddy, Zach Johnson, who works on King of Loathing, like he's on my friends list. And he clearly has also played this game because he shows up on my friend list and like, um, Robin from Valve and like, you know, some other people I know. And so you want to improve your score and you can do that by sort of reducing your footprint, you know, using fewer blocks to, to make your machine and like reducing the number of cycles it takes to complete the level, things like this. And so, and not only that, but it's also in a lot of cases really, really, really hard just to get to any workable solution. So you spend, you can for harder puzzles, spend a lot of time just in this completely abstract zone, just, just, Working on the same thing again and again and again and again, and then, an alien and then judges suddenly you. it's just like, no, oh it's God. terrible. What on earth? What is happening right it's now? It's coming from your friends list. Random audio yeah. file from yeah. one of your friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah it turns so out that weird. no one else has this alien storyline, and you just have <laughs> one asshole in your Steam's friend list. Uh. <laughs> that would okay. This oh is actually, God. if I were to make a game like this, where the actual real value and and substance of the game is something purely abstract like all the factory stuff in this game where it's not really representing anything except for making a system that works that's 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The system doesn't represent anything. It just is. Um, I would totally do something like that where I had a narrative, like a really weird, unusual narrative component that only shows up for like one out of every thousand people. <laughs> and it's oh just, gosh. and it's just some, some like, people will never. Did you have the thing where the butler turned around and like slow clapped after you completed that? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I just had a score screen. Yeah. Did the background texture just slowly change gradient over like a hundred puzzles? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, God. Yeah. And if it were things like that, you could just you could randomize different ones for oh, every totally. like thousand. Desert people. Golfing Two is Frog Fractions Two. Is this <laughs> oh, concept? No. Is Infinifactory? Is Infinifactory Two? Yeah. Is Infinifactory One? Yes. Some people, it's just labeled Infinifactory Two. I hope that some people write you and are like, "That alien thing was not in my copy." <laughs> <laughs> Next reader mail. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe whoever's making the people who make Infinifactory will listen to this and they'll just patch that out immediately upon the release of this episode. <laughs> God, the other thing you could do is you could have everybody, everybody have that stuff. But like most people, when they they click that dead body, it screams and cries or whatever. One person when they click it, it just goes "fuck you." <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. And then if you click it again, it just goes, ah, ah, ah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you could never read it. If if this was a video podcast, that would be amazing. Because whether you acted that, it was really good. It it went against expectations. The one where it says, fuck you, was just you sitting still saying, Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. And then you click it again and it goes, ah, ah, ah. And you start like gyrating around wildly in your seat, which implies that you click it and say, Fuck you, which is totally baffling. And then you click it and you get the other right. corpse. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. That's why skeletons bark that yeah, way. Like, you get, you'd get the audio log that everyone else got, but it would inexplicably come to life and start flapping around and then just go back to its like prone, dead pose. And you're like, Oh my god! <laughs> this Did you guys just... hear it go? Ah! Oh yeah, we heard that. Yeah. What was it like flapping around? No, dude, it's just a no. Little, it's like audio log. Of course, dead. They're dead. They're just on the ground. <laughs> David Lynch is you before that? Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it did. I think it just made a stupid scream, cry, laugh. <laughs> oh my god! Man, I would really want to make a game like that. That would be so weird. So weird. Global Game Jam just ended. Oh, Game Jam would be a good place to try something. It would be perfect. A game that occasionally just has a guy go fuck you, (laughs) and then the other five percent of times vibrates wildly. This is the thing. Dick reckons life. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually why I think a game. The more I think about it, I think a game jam maybe is not. The most right. effective. No, you want the full, it. robust game. Yes, that because in a game jam, you really yeah. only have, have time to, for like one or legitimate. two ideas max. That's true, yeah. And so th- at that point, that is this your you game. This you want to insert it into This a... needs to covertly be inside of a game where it's not sold at all oh, on that merit. So, yes. Like it is. I'll stick it in the next Telltale never game. Never alluded to. <laughs> game of Thrones episode three. A Telltale uh, game would actually, dead, from a design standpoint, be the perfect place for that. Because it's the game where people click on things and expect to get a unique response, but if right. you just put a thing in there that is completely outrageous and then it's right. like, and shuts itself down again, you'd right. be like, I, I guess this is right. weird. We're There's a skeleton yeah. in a random like, role. And then yeah. Yeah, like, what did you like, do to get that choice? Oh, well, I'm friends with this guy, and then I said that I was. No, no, 
<laughs> it's just one out of 10,000 random roll that you'll get a right. guy screaming at you and yeah. dancing oh. around and well, then falling down. People dead. are convinced God, that GTA does this, right? Like, there are actual, are? like, urban video game myths about, like, really? Of, yeah, there's, like, a like ghost what? in GTA, whatever. Like, think with the you UFO get, and stuff? No, there's a ghost. There's some kind of ghost oh, guy. Ghost. You can look this up, and it's just, yeah, people think it's like ghost a ghost guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's this thing. It's anyway. a grave ghost. I've yeah. never heard of that. No, there are, there are a couple of games that are that are kind of along these lines that are probably worth Googling. But, yeah. But that's, that's not a real so thing, presumably. Thing. People or say maybe it is. is. Maybe it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If that, you know, that, you would, have be, a that would be the ultimate version of this because it's such a large system that you could, <laughs> right. you know, fucking sneak that in there. Simultaneously, <laughs> both players need to press on the left on the D-pad. Yeah, it only works yeah. on the original Xbox. You plug into <coughs> two of the controller ports, but very specific. God, two. you know the most amazing, what the most amazing <laughs> version of this would be? You guys know how recently, I, I know some people have known this for decades, but like, there's one of those little video game facts the that Mario got passed around recently. Thing? Mario continue oh, yeah. If you, if you oh, press, yeah. if you hold down start A when you're starting the game instead of just starting the game normally. It's the equivalent of pressing continue on the game over screen. Right. It, it loads you up to your, to the first level of the last world when you died. And, uh, like, this was, like, blowing everyone's minds on, uh... Well, everyone was like, on... oh, wait, Mario 1 is actually completable as a child right. without, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. your whole yeah. life being right. ruined. But the, 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 <laughs> the best version of this would be if that had actually been a secret for 30 years. And then when you do that, one out of every million people, Mario just turns around and says, fuck you. No! So you're like, this thing's being passed. I was like, oh, guys, yes! you see right. what happens when you, like, if you press, press A start, and then it's Mario is a skeleton dead on the ground, and you can't control him. And then he he's just, No, he's just there. Yeah, he's just there. And then yeah. time runs out, and then it just nothing happens because he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the craziest. And of Luigi all walks streams. over and says, "Fuck you, yes, says, fuck yes. you, <laughs> yes." But that only happens for one out of every hundred thousand yeah. cartridges. Right, yeah, twenty years later, right? Man, it being baked into a cartridge. Yeah. Oh my god. It's weird that Mario has a battery backup when it doesn't have save. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mystery revealed. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> the fuck you, Luigi. Yeah, it, that that was set to only activate once the year of Luigi arrives. Oh, that's yeah. right. That was hard coded yeah. into the Mario ROM. It's weird that the Nintendo has a system clock that's not used for anything. Weird that Nintendo's been planning the year of Luigi for thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You guys want to do some reader mail? Yes. Yes, we, we need it. <laughs> god, I really no. miss the year of Luigi. What a year! Mm. Oh, it was a hell of a year. What a bad year for Nintendo that was. What? And then the year after the year of Luigi was a great year for Nintendo. And a bad year for everyone else. Yes. Nintendo has some weird curse going on. Maybe it'll be reversed on the ter- the 13th when I turn 31 and Majora's Mask, a game about time travel, comes out. That's true. A lot of curses. <laughs> All ones and threes in there. Did we ever do- okay, so here, uh, Anders Hovering Hansen writes, Hey Thumbs, a few episodes ago, Danielle s- sh- said she would basically play any cyberpunk game, so I was wondering if she or any of you played either of the new Shadow on our- Shadowrun RPGs. The first release, Shadowrun Returns, isn't so much worth talking about as is its standalone expansion, Dragonfall. It's set in Berlin and essentially feels like a scaled-down Bioware RPG without any pretensions towards crafting. <laughs> the most epic world-ending scenario where the player character is the most special person in the universe. Although there are fantasy elements, it mostly deals with outsider culture and the dregs of society, and even the most outrageous-looking characters actually just behave like real people when you sit down and talk to them. It's a really interesting, tightly written game that flew under everyone's radar, even in the already super-niche context of kickstarted top-down PC RPGs. I know Steve Gaynor loves it, and I think it's worth checking out. Anders from Denmark. 
Yeah, actually, well, I have not played it yet, but my girlfriend started playing it not too long ago, actually, and that expansion as well, uh, and kind of mm-hmm. said, you definitely need to play this game. So it's yeah. definitely on my, like, shortlist for streaming. That's so cool. I will be I playing didn't, I didn't super care for uh, the, the actual main Shadow game, Run but I've definitely heard good things about the expansion. I have, too. I played a couple hours of Dragon Ball, and it seemed really cool. Nice. Um, I, I don't I don't have a really good reason why I didn't keep playing it. Um, it was it was fun. It was well made. Um, Sometimes yeah. life gets in the way. Yeah, that's I think that's basically <laughs> about it. Yeah. But I mean, it seems cool and I've only heard good things about it. It's true that Steve really likes it. I really like that bit about like outsider stuff and like folks who actually just talk like normal human beings and you get to know them. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of nice. Kind of cozy. Um, Jesse Harper writes, I just loaded up the uh, GOG version of Tyrion 2000, the PC shoot 'em up made by Epic back in 1995. Because it's the month of December, I was asked a simple question at the DOS prompt before the game loads. Christmas has been detected. Activate Christmas. Yes, no? <laughs> I might be Jewish, but I'm certainly no Grinch, so I gleefully selected Y, and besides being greeted with a jolly Merry Christmas at the start of a level, the only difference I could see was that my ship was shooting candy canes for bullets. <laughs> this is pretty rad. <laughs> Here's a video. Candy cane bullets start at 127. Enjoy. And he links, he links the video, which I watched. Hmm. And it is, what was the name hmm. of that game? Uh, Tyrion 2000. Good name. Again? Did any of you guys play Tyrion? T-Y-R-I-A-N? I totally played that back in the 90s. No. I think it was a shareware game. But did you play Tyrion 2000? I can't remember if... Maybe that was the only one. I can't remember. But Christmas? I definitely... Yes, no. It was an epic mega... Fuck it was you, from yes, Epic no. Mega Games. It was an epic mega game. Oh, yes. oh the mega yeah. games. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Again, my brain oh. went to a Oh, actually, place. the Epic, Epic, um, mega games. Epic published it, but it was developed by Eclipse Productions or World Tree Games Productions. Um, World Tree Games. And I think it was just, I think there was just the one game. Because I, I, the original Tyrion came out in, in 1995. Oh, I see. Tyrion 2000 was the 3.0 release that came out in 1999. But it's, the hate, same, yeah. it's effectively the same game. This sounds like it had again some more content and bug fixes, and was called Two Thousand. Yeah. Yes, all good games had Two Thousand at the end. But yeah, I, I totally played this. This was like it was just a you know <laughs> like a top down shoot 'em up space shoot 'em game, two D game. It was just fun. You didn't yeah. play it at the right time of year though. Yeah, that's true. Christmas had to be detected. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tyrion Two Thousand also sounds like a game of the year four twenty blaze it mod of like Tyrion <laughs> yeah. from Game, from of, Game Thrones. of Thrones oh, yeah. shooting yeah. things or throwing swords. Yeah, Tyrion or... 2420 Blaze it is the mod to the yes. to the Game of Thrones mod to Crusader Kings. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. I found this I was reading about the British uh, monarchy recently which I often do inexplicably. <laughs> and I was reading I was just kind of looking up the uh line of succession to the uh to the crown um just to see if you've shown up on it lately. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, unlike the presidential line of succession, which only goes, like, I don't know, 15 people deep or something, the because it's actually a royal house of Europe, the, uh, um, you know, with, I guess, Germanic roots, the British royal family or the, the British heir to the throne goes thousands deep. Like, obviously, none of those people have any chance of ever becoming king or queen, but it's there. And someone like did a bunch of digging and found like the last person that can be found on the British line of succession and it's succession. And it's just some woman who lives in Germany. It's like, it's just a lady who just lives in Germany and her, she's not like 
royalty or anything. She's just some lady who's like distantly connected. So the movie King Henry is actually you mean King, King Ralph. Ralph. King Ralph. Jesus, I'm sorry. Yes, Ugh. it is totally. But that's actually a thing. It is totally an actual thing. But I, I've never seen King Ralph, but I looked it up because I was reading about yeah. this, and apparently, like all the people necessary who were necessary to die for Ralph to become king could all fit in a family photograph, apparently, mm. according a, to the plot summary of that film. It's a completely real movie. Which is like, yeah, no. but that's not, but no. no, but like. In King Ralph, it's at least a family photograph that is on like two sets of bleachers and stuff. Like, yeah, okay. It, right, is, okay. it is a massive but, family photograph. But in reality, you would need like an entire graduating so, class. To, yeah. Yes. Just, so, you need the whole yeah. stadium. <laughs> so I, I was looking this up because I was curious and uh, the headline, like I, the headline I found on like a aside. news source that <laughs> like actually fa- tracked this woman down and interviewed her. It's amazing. The headline was, Last in the Line of Succession, Ms. Vogel is glad she isn't queen. And then the subheading is incredible. There's like a photograph of her kind of like smirking and winking at the camera. And then the subhead is, Descendant of Sophia Hanover, she would rule Britain if 4,972 die. <laughs> so it just, it just sets up the implicit premise of this woman just like yeah. methodically murdering 4,972 people and then ascending the throne of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Oh my God. <laughs> God. Miss Vogel, don't mess with her. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is in turn kind of the plot of a of an Alec Guinness film called Kind Hearts and Coronets, which is based on a book, which was about a guy who murders like nine other members of his aristocratic family to like inherit the like baronetcy or whatever title. So like that that was right, actually, not so you even just, the you king. Just, also yeah. in that movie, apparently Alec Guinness plays the eight other ones. Like, oh my that's god! Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. including like at least one woman. Um, wow, yeah. that's amazing. But yeah. In this case, you just imagine a Kill Bill scenario yeah, where she yeah, just right. gets oh, the most awesome yeah. sword yeah. Exactly, right. and then yeah, just yeah, runs yeah. at people with it to the side and cuts them in half like yeah. fifteen at a time. Yes, yep. <laughs> this is actually just um, No More Heroes three. Yes, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although the reason I, the reason I brought it up is because someone mentioned Crusader Kings two. Um, because when I posted a tweet about this, <laughs> why isn't this in Crusader Kings? Yeah, exactly. A ton of people were like, "Oh man, this would be an amazing Crusader Kings two mod." Yeah. Where you yeah. play as her? Yeah. <laughs> and she, she the mod. Plot after plot, assassination it's plot. Like you after can get her family mod. line back on top. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> even if it takes of influence like, at first is just her house. <laughs> right. And it's just like, even if it takes fifteen <laughs> generations, just extreme just just, mouse wheel zoom into yeah. her fucking house. There's just a oh little square God. around her plot. <laughs> yes. You murder That's somebody so like who's the mayor. You get like a city's worth of influence. <laughs> so I'm well, super but curious. You have to like track your family. You have to. Oh like, yeah. Because the thing is, in this case, she lives in a different country than the throne she is yeah. like right. ostensibly in the yeah. line of succession so you, to. Yeah, you got so, like, to invade the UK first have, by well, getting out a plane. No, no, you don't <laughs> invade. You just kill people. <laughs> like you're not seizing no, power. That's true. You get zero right. power until yeah. the very last one that's of them's true. dead. You're, right. you're not building up power. Right. You're just murdering lots of but people. But you'd still have to so be plotting with people and accumulating power just for the sole it's purpose true. True. of carrying out executions yes. and coups. Yes, no, it's yeah. true. It's true. But all those people who are, you know, killing other people, presumably for their short-term gain, what they don't know is every time someone knocks someone off for, because of a political dispute that you've put in action, 
You've, you're still jumping them in line. They're probably, not in the line probably of succession. The, probably the pro move is to find other people who are on the line of succession but also distant yeah. who don't know they're related to you or the, the queen of Turn England. them against each other. And so, yeah, you have to start using them as your patsies oh, so that they take the fall for all this shit. So you can <laughs> kill them or have them imprisoned or, like, sentenced to death or whatever by the state for these other murders. But basically you just need to get all of these distant people. Right. You just like, need a puppet master the shit out, out of yeah, this yeah. from, yeah, from your house. Right. <laughs> your house is like a suburb. <laughs> I am super curious. So if she ascends the throne, are there then another 5,000, like, down her line? Does it keep no. going? Once, no, once you take that she, does, she doesn't have fi- – it's a bloodline thing. Like, she doesn't yeah. have presumably – There are well, only so many drops of blood that they can trace at this point, right? Yeah. So I mean, at that like point, 4, it would be just like her yeah. kid would presumably just her be – Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, whatever's underneath. Yeah. yeah. I see. Right. Well, if she's queen, she can just make people royalty by proxy. So <laughs> she can just know. declare. She can do whatever the hell she wants. You play as her kid in the sequel. Yeah, that's it. That's it's true. much easier. <laughs> well, I think you playing as her family line is a more realistic expectation. I don't think she could do it in one lifetime. But that's it's true. Like, actually, it's, it's like Crusader even, King's yeah, mod. This yeah. is actually like yeah, it's just you know, it's, just, you know, it's me yeah. or yeah. my great 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 right, great yeah. granddaughter. Twenty two thirty seven. Yeah, uh, your line ascends the throne. Yeah, like. <laughs> 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 Whatever. God, this is just. And then like, you just hang the the huge right. portrait of your great 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 grandmother, but it's actually just a uh, a blow up of this news article of her winking, and it's saying four thousand <laughs> people must die. <laughs> yes. This is like all of those trashy like Dan Brown novels oh and stuff, God, where there's like a is. secret oh, yeah. society uh, that has like existed to slowly execute its goals over the course of a millennium and a half. Right. Except it's just this one like family <laughs> just like lives in like a town. Normal family. Just, yeah, both just, over the course of generations are slowly <laughs> the like, poignant end of this though when like you're that that the infinitely long ancestor finally ascends to the throne is like their best friend growing up is like. She didn't even want it and brings out the, the, <laughs> the moldy old newspaper and hands it to them. And they're like, why, why, this, why does this even exist? Why am I here? No. Our family's legacy is a lie. It's a lie. Yes. It's all for nothing. <laughs> well, it's been this just dynastic force yeah. of Europe for a thousand years to try and regain the monarchy. Yeah. To, not to regain, to gain at all. Yeah, yeah there was no gaining. <laughs> there, yeah, there's no regaining. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, you finally get access to the Royal Archives and you find that newspaper article. <laughs> it's preserved in, you know, special digital future format. You can touch the paper, you can feel it. Yeah. Which is yeah. not real, it's not really there. It's, no. <sighs> Much like your great-great-great-grandmother's desire to be queen, it is not real. It's not <laughs> it was <laughs> never real. <laughs> wow. Cool. Um, yeah. Did we ever read the, like, weird postmodern Waluigi thing? Uh, no, but that sounds let's, like let's, a great hear, let's place. hear what that is, Chris. That like a good place <laughs> let's hear what this has been sent to us by a bunch of people, linking to um, a blog post called "The Critical Perspectives on Waluigi." Okay, Waluigi is the ultimate example of the individual shaped by the signifier. Waluigi is a man seen only in mirror images. Lost in a hall of mirrors, he is a reflection of a reflection of a reflection. You start with Mario, the wholesome all-Italian plumbing Superman. You reflect him to create Luigi, the same thing but slightly less. You invert Mario to create Wario. Mario turns septic and libertarian. Then you reflect the inversion in the reflection. You create a being who can only exist in reference to others. Waluigi is the true nowhere man. Without the other characters he reflects, inverts, and parodies, he has no reason to exist. Waluigi's identity only comes from what and who he isn't. Without a wider frame of reference, he is nothing. He is not his own man. In a world where our identities are shaped by our warped relationships to brands and commerce, we are all Waluigi. 
And that's why a Waluigi solo game needs to exist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> An inverse of a reflection. He's killing all of Mario's relatives. He's killing the whole bloodline <laughs> all the way down. He's going to kill everybody. <laughs> that's what, that's Waluigi, what do you is. want your own right. game? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but then... <laughs> Just cut to him forging the greatest sword ever made or whatever, so you yeah. slice through yeah. with people. Or I guess he would just, as we said before, be the fucking puppet master of everything. Yep. Yes. Right. Whole mushroom kingdom. <laughs> Stupid opening cutscene, really nice, high res Nintendo thing. It is just two incredibly lengthy, like wiry fingered glove or gloved hands, just sort of <laughs> malevolently tap, tapping together, lit by a fire. <laughs> as I guess, who would? But then what? The end. What does Waluigi even do? He just malevolently taps his fingers together. Who does he talk to? Baby Waluigi. Is that oh my exist? God. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, Baby right. Waluigi exists. No way. It? Baby Waluigi has never existed. Really? I mean, oh, on DeviantArt, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, seriously. Like, <clears throat> if you play this out for even half a second, yeah. you're like, and then Waluigi talks to... Oh, no. <laughs> Waluigi talks to no one. He sits in his house alone. Yeah. <laughs> the game's over. Yeah. What is Waluigi's game? I told you. What does Waluigi want? <laughs> this article is true. Everything <laughs> about it is true. <laughs> Waluigi doesn't fucking want anything. No, he doesn't want that. God, we know what Wario wants. We know what Mario wants. We know, by extension <clears throat> of Mario existing, what Luigi wants. Right. <laughs> That's true. But man, you have no idea what Waluigi wants. Yeah. That sucks. Waluigi doesn't know what Waluigi wants. No. Oh, man. He is all of us. Yeah. Yeah, the Waluigi yeah. game is just the closing credits music from The Incredible Hulk as you just sort of hold right to slowly <laughs> walk across an entire empty world. Hmm. The Waluigi hmm. game would actually just be The Visit by Major Bueno. It would be a game that looks like a Mario game, but then you jump on a guy and get uh, sent to court and put in jail where you rot as your girlfriend decides that she doesn't like you anymore and then it's over. <laughs> Does Waluigi have, like, a female counterpart? I mean, if no, Waluigi was a thing, it oh, would right, be, right, right. right? Well, no, because there'd have to be a Wadaisy. No, that would be Wario. It would be a, Waru Daisy. Yeah, there'd have to be a Wadaisy for Waluigi. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Hmm. Well, it's really just, let's be honest. Good talk, guys. Good talk. <laughs> yeah. It's my hope that Nintendo officially just at some point pairs off Waluigi and Toad. <laughs> That's gonna be when Nintendo's like, you know, we I'd got a lot of shit for yeah, we got a lot of shit for what is that game? Uh Tabadashi's life or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 because they wouldn't let you be Yeah, gay, or they're like, you know, gay gay relationships. people are getting right. mad at us for representation issues. Fuck it. Waluigi Toad, they're a couple. They've been they've been uh <laughs> it's like Toad, canon gay characters. This is a really stupid question. I'm sorry. Is Toad one guy or is it a kind of guy? There is Toad, but then Toad there, is a, a Toad. Stools. The same way that yes. Yoshi is a Yoshi. Oh, and Captain yeah. Toad is a separate entity. Yeah, oh, kinda like how but yeah, also, the baby version is a so different is Captain entity Toad from... different than Toad? Yes, yes Captain okay. Toad is like an person. old adventuring Toad. Is Toad gendered? He's a mushroom. He's this m- was a big mm. thing. There was an Electronic Gaming Monthly article, like satirical article, once upon a time in the 90s, that was an interview with Toad, and they were asking about Toad's gender. And Toad mm. was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to answer. And it was basically like an It's Pat sketch. Like, right. that's exactly what the whole premise was. Huh. So, mm. Toad was played by... A dude in the Mario movie, I think, in the you know nineteen ninety three in in the canon, in canon. movie. Yeah. According to canon, also, Bowser however, was played uh, by Dennis Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> well, which you know just makes a lot of sense, but yeah. Anyway, I've never seen that movie. What? Really? You've seen the trailer for it though, right? Which is amazing. I've seen it the trailer, has. Yeah. Oh man, actually good production design and nothing else. Whoa, whatever. <laughs> but it does have. <laughs> 
actually really good imaginative <laughs> production <laughs> design. It's got all that spider webby latex no, that everybody it likes. It looks like, like someone was like, okay, I've seen the Ninja Turtles cartoon, <laughs> and then I saw what the Ninja Turtles movie looks like. What if we take that and take that like that gap and then just scale it up times 5,000 where it's like Mario is this happy cartoon. Make the world just made of crazy rebar and like weird yes. goo and yeah. like just it's fucking weird. It's so weird. But the trailer for it entirely captures that because the trailer is just like weird red and black flashing pixel art that then forms into like an airbrushed Mario Brothers mm-hmm. Made out of chrome. At the same time, it's like cutting to what looks like a shitty nightclub. Like it looks like the nightclub scene from the first Ninja Turtles movie, where all like the foot soldier kids hang out. Oh, it totally. But does. as the whole movie, it's a terrible thing. I, the reason, I think the reason I've never watched that movie is because I wasn't really aware of it until I was already too old to. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to actually watch this. Right, film. but then yeah. I saw the trailer. I've Correct. seen the trailer for just on YouTube or whatever. Right. right? And and it is such a, a like interesting, weird treatment of that world. And I'm like, there's no way that over two hours. Any of this is sustained. It's obviously terrible, but I really like the the theory of like I like yeah I like the I like the idea of it, but I know there's no way it's actually good. It feels like when you watch the Academy Awards and a number from a musical has been reinterpreted Mm -hmm. as like a theatrical dance musical number, just for the Academy Awards presentation of the best song nomination. Yeah, but it's that to Mario as a feature film. You know what? Actually, this is for me directly in a in a movie to in a. Like excerpt to movie, actual example is Moulin Rouge, because I heard the uh, the Roxanne cover from that okay, movie before yes. I ever saw the movie, mm. and I was like, "What on earth is this? It's like this really iconic, great song, but sung in this like great like Roxanne. This is crazy. Yeah, the Cookie Monster treatment. Guy. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> what? This movie must be crazy. Like this is like amazing. And I listened to the, the track like a bunch. This was like the Napster era. Yeah. And I, you know, oh, I listened to yes. the to the to that that cover like a bunch of times, trying to like extrapolate out from that like, what, what is- this movie could possibly be. Right. I was so fascinated by it. And then and then I saw the movie and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, sure, it's this. Like it's fine. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it just did couldn't possibly live up to the to that to like right. yeah. my that one data point like stretched out to a full movie's length. Yeah, the Mario Brothers movie insane. does not. Also. Yeah, right. I assume it's a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> now, if War, War Luigi made the Mario movie, you know. <laughs> they should just make... They, they, well, what they should do is they should make a sequel to that movie in that world... About yes, Waluigi, but it's just Waluigi yeah. and his wah. Man, the end, of the end of the yeah. Mario Brothers movie does set itself up for a sequel. It really, right. totally it has, does. It has he the, jumps does. in the pipe or yeah. whatever. It has it the is. Back to the Future one ending where like the Mario yeah, Mario yeah. and Luigi are back in New York or whatever, and then Princess Toadstool comes popping out of the pipe and like you'll never believe what happened now, and then they all go back into the world. But what now will be like. The world has been taken over by this weird puppet master, the lonely <laughs> reflection of an inversion, Waluigi. <laughs> As played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh my yes. god, of course. <laughs> what, but he, of course it would be. He's still voiced by uh, by the same guy. By who, Charles Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they ADR'd all of Cumberbatch's stuff. He couldn't yeah. do the voice. Good lord. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this. <laughs> Thank this, you. This video game podcast. <laughs> if you liked it for some reason, tell a friend. <laughs> Try rating us on iTunes. That would be great. It's actually really helpful. Um, our only marketing is word of mouth. That's it. Um, 
We are on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. Our website is idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash idlevideos where all of our episodes are there and annotated, which is quite helpful. Um, all done by our buddy Johnny Driggs. Um, Danielle, I know you often stream at twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. Indeed. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. And you can write us reader mail that we'll, I'll read more of in the future <laughs> <laughs> at questions at idlethumbs.net. Boop, boop. Yay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, Nick. Bye. Bye, Nick Brecken. Bye, Nick. Hey, folks. Oh, gee. Oh, no. Fuck you. Hey, <laughs> <Why>, fuck you. <laughs> Congrats, Nick. Yeah, Congrats. Thanks. Thanks. Oh.